Welcome to the Voices of STEM podcast, a podcast highlighting the stories of marginalized students on their journey to become STEM professionals. Each week, you'll get a deeper look into the lives of a current STEM student told through their successes, challenges, and complexities. And I'm your host, Dr. Stacey Dutton. Hey, y'all. So we're going to continue our conversation on climate change as this is our climate change specific season. So last week we got into some very general conversations or stories more so from students about their specific communities and the experiences that they've had there in regards to the climate. Whereas this week we're going to talk about two examples of climate injustice. And so with that, these students are going to talk about the situation and then some of the long-term consequences or effects that these situations have had on their communities. And so with that, let's get into this week's voices. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whichever one applies to you. I'm a freshman college student in STEM, and I identify as half Caucasian in Nepali. I will be talking about the French Broad Watershed and some environmental justice issues in North Carolina I recently learned about. The French Broad Watershed is exposed to many pollutants due to the nature of the city it runs through, and runoff is a major concern. One aquatic conservation project was completed in the spring of 2017 and worked to redirect stormwater in the Craven River watershed. In this project, the nonprofit organization Riverlink worked with the city of Asheville and other organizations. They did this through a variety of methods, such as the creation of rain gardens near parking lots and development of wetlands. These new features serve as natural buffers, which absorb the excess water that floods impermeable surfaces, such as streets and parking lots. And during a heavy rain, they're able to treat this water naturally before it empties the stream. Additionally, outdoor signs have been added to educate the public on the conservation project and its importance. In North Carolina, there is a history and current reality of trash dumps in black communities. This is when businesses come into a town and establish landfills. In addition to trash, the particular community of Garysburg, North Carolina and Northampton County has had to fight off incoming sewage processing plants, sand mines, and hog farms. One member of the community remembered how politicians claimed that the trash dump they were creating in his neighborhood was being tested, but he saw they only covered it with dirt. It is very unlikely that nothing leached out from that trash into the environment. In 1972, politicians promised the community that the new landfill would be community-friendly and safe and be shut down eventually and turned into a recreational center. This was in 1972. It is now 2021, and this has still not happened. Garysburg, North Carolina is seen as an easy dumping place for pollution because of easy access from I-95. And citizens themselves call it a dumping ground. Black families' land has even been taken. In one instance, a woman recalled how she and her family were surrounded by a hog farm 
which was a mere eight feet from their home. If you're not familiar with hog farms, they have spray fields where they literally spray the land with animal waste. And the smell is terrible, and the danger is also terrible um, for health. And this family had to take down their laundry and close all the windows to avoid the smell and the airborne feces. They were literally surrounded by pollution. The community of Garrisburg banded together for legal action and won. But they are constantly fighting these corporations who want to use their community for their dirty work. Over time, the North Carolina Environmental Justice Network was created, and this network is how I learned of these specific cases of environmental justice in Garrysburg, North Carolina. Even if we are not a part of these communities which are forced to take on the brunt of environmental consequence, we need to investigate for ourselves how we can support these people in protecting their own human rights. Martin Luther King Jr. has a quote which I love, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And I think we must embody that quote and remember all of our human family when going about our lives and make an effort to reach out and assist them. Thank you. Hello. So I am a 19-year-old African-American female, and today I'm going to talk with you about the marine ecosystems on the coast of my mother's hometown of South Florida. The South Florida chain of marine ecosystems consists of the mangrove forests, extensive seagrass beds, and the only tropical coral reef system in the United States. These places are extremely ideal to the economy of South Florida, which relies mostly on tourism, fishing, and recreational activities. These habitats and the marine animals that live in them are currently at risk because many of, I mean, because of many global climate change factors such as increased temperatures, rising sea levels, and acidifications, and we as humans are causing these problems. But just as we are the problem, some of us are actively working to help reverse the issue as well. And I feel as if more of us need to take, take charge and be a part of the resolution. So of course, a lot of work is being done to restore the Everglades, improve the water quality, and fly, find new climate change adaptation, strategy, adaptation strategies, but it's a lot bigger than just that. And I recently called and spoke with my aunt who still lives in Florida about this topic, and we're currently working to get the community that she lives in to revert back to using more of the reusable products um, that we used before the pandemic. And I say revert back because after the pandemic um, begun, everyone started to order takeout and um, use more plastic. And less than half of this plastic is being recycled. Um, so that a, a lot of that was still ending up in our Everglades and in our oceans and it was killing our animals. So we have to really work to, you know, get back to how things were and that will eliminate part of our problem and then we should work towards getting our um, communities to start recycling more um, having more accessible recycle bins in public now our pollution is having many more effects than just killing our marine ecosystems we're polluting our air as well and this is resulting in higher sea levels and that are flooding our communities 
So this is not only affecting our marine ecosystems, but this is affecting us personally as well. And one way I feel that we could work to resolve this issue is to create a foundation for affordable and, you know, cleaner transportation in our communities to not only help our marine life, but help ourselves. Because we use transportation so much and we effortlessly do this, not thinking about the long-term effects it may have on our community and on our marine ecosystems. So that is just one of the ways that I think we should start to move towards, a, move in a right direction. Make sure to follow us on social media at Voices of STEM on IG and Twitter. See you next week.